You're listening to KNBR, the only place with Golden State Warriors basketball. Now back to Ralph and Tom. It's the video you see here is you on KNBR, the sports leader. I'll just tell him, Tommy, what uh, Andrew Bogut said in here last week that, uh, okay, that he was going to have trouble deciding about the Olympic team or not. That could be a real interesting time for him if he's not healthy for the end of the year, but healthy for the Olympics. In the meantime, here is a, a, a fellow that most people are familiar with. I was just telling Tom, this is the guy that went with uh, Bill Walton, right? <laughs> funny thing to remember you for, Richard. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> What's up, man? Well, I mean, it just so showed how ridiculous things were because that was, uh, and I mean, Danny Bowamini, I don't know if you've ever talked to him, but when he was coaching USF, he got some, the NCAA came down on him for buying the kid a hamburger. Literally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's just so stupid. I'm not the biggest fan of the NCAA. I think they do a lot of good things, but I think at times their message gets lost in some of the other stuff that they get involved with. Tom has a solution for that. Leave. Leave the Leave NCAA. The NCAA. Yeah, just go well, play for the well, NCAA or the NCIA. You, know, you, well, don't, you don't have to stay with the NCAA, all these teams that are making money. I thought it was ridiculous when I first heard it, Richardson, but then, then people were saying you could conceivably do it. Obviously, it's not going to happen. Well, uh, eventually, I, I think eventually I think they will be cut out because ultimately they're just the middleman. Um, I think if, you know, if they start going to these super conferences and then these super conferences start um, – getting their own TV deals, I think, you know, I, I think in, in the near future, in the next 10, 20 years, you could start to see uh, some things start to change, mainly because there's no, there's only the NCAA. There's really no other option for you to get an education and, and to figure out a way to play your sport. And, you know, it's kind of a monopoly. Dr. Yeah. Richard Jefferson, newest member of the Golden State Warriors. Richard, I have to hear all about Arizona forever, so I may as well... Ask the one question. And why wouldn't you? Well, this is not a real good time to be talking about. What happened to the Pac-12 this year, Richard? Well, I like people, you have up years, you have down years. And, you know, last year we were just in the Elite Eight. We were shot away from going to the Final Four, lost to the ultimate champion in, in Connecticut. We had the number two pick in the draft coming from Arizona. Uh, and even this year for us, in a down year, we were 23-11 and 11 in mm-hmm. a down, in down year. Uh, and even across the Pac-10, the Pac-10 had multiple 20-win teams, 22, 23 wins. It just, you know, a- as a conference, it didn't play well. It's not like there was six 500 teams. Uh, mo- most of these teams have pretty good records. They just didn't have R- high, high enough RPI. Did you read about the UCLA? Did you read the UCLA story in SI? Yeah, but that's tough. that's tough to comment on. You know, a lot of that stuff. A lot of that stuff is is, you know. Put out there to sell to sell papers and to start controversy, and you know nothing there was of any substance. You know, do you have players? Every school has had a player that's come through there, and you know whether it's not well liked or been a bully or you know whatever the situation is. But you know, I, I, there wasn't much there wasn't much substance in that article. Um, it, it was it, I don't know. It was just it was, it was a kind of interesting one. I don't know. Could you see? Here's the thing that surprised me, Richard. We're talking to Richard Jefferson here in KMBR. Like I said, newest member of the Warriors, played on the Olympic team 2004, a couple of NBA finals with the New Jersey Nets. Here's the thing that that surprised me. 
that Howland apparently let this kid play, Reeves Nelson play, knowing that he was either a distraction or a menace or somewhere in between on the court, but he let him play because he was producing and he could help the team. Now, maybe it changed when you were there. I doubt it did. But Lou would have never let that happen. I mean, he would have never let some of the stuff, if it's true, happen and still play you because you were producing. I mean, there were certain rules that well, ev- and, everyone and, was going to follow. And that's and that's the and that's the, the the question. You know, were these things? You know, when you you typically you only get one side of the story. And um, you know, my my mom always said something, and it's always stuck with me. She said, "There's two sides to every story, and then the, and then there's the truth." And so, you know, whenever you get an article and you only just read it from one side of the story without, you know, an interview from someone on that staff, without, you know, knowledge of being in that situation, you know, they're basically just getting it from someplace else. And really, ultimately, UCLA has been going through, you know, just some troubles the last couple of years. They've had a lot of guys leaving early um, the last five or six years. And so UCLA was down. And, you know, typically this stuff happens when you're down. You know, people start looking around to make the story even bigger. You know, I think that that's that's part of the job is trying to deflect some of these stuff, some of these bullets when you're down. Hey, Richard, how do you go about mentally preparing yourself to finish out a season when you're a guy that I said you played in a couple of finals, you were on a team that was headed toward the playoffs, San Antonio, apparently in the playoffs, and now you come to a team who's on the outside looking in. Is it different? Do you prepare yourself different? Do you have to try to tell yourself, look, I just go out there and play and do what I do what I love to do? Or is it, man, I was heading toward the playoffs, and now I'm not heading toward the playoffs? I, I'm so blessed. You know, Tom, you know this. I'm so blessed to have a job, um, especially doing what I love to do. This is, a, this is my 11th season. Um, and for me, just as a professional, I came into the league with Jason Kidd, Kenyon Martin, Kerry Kittles, Aaron Williams. These guys were just, you know, just straight professionals. And it doesn't matter what situation you're in. And, and you know, Jay Kidd got traded to New Jersey the same year I did, and he could have pouted. He could have said a bunch of negative things, but he ended up taking them to the finals. I'm not saying we're going to the finals, but these are the things that I learned, and these are the these are the things that I I, I viewed kind of as my career has gone on. So, you know, I, I think it's great. I get I get an opportunity to do some things that I haven't been able to do in the last couple of years. I have a lot of work that I have to do. I haven't dribbled a basketball, you know, for the most part. You know, I've just been, you know, a spot up shooter. Catch and shoot. Yeah, I've been catch up shoot because that was my role in San Antonio. And here, I, I feel like I'm going to have a larger role, and it's a matter of, of now working on those things that I'm going to have to that I'm going to have to do to help this team be successful. And I'm glad because, hey, I got 30 games to practice it. I got an entire summer to work on it, and then we have next uh, next training camp and next season to um, to add to it. You know what it's like to play for... 30 days to practice (laughs) the rest of the season. You know what it's like to play for a top-notch coach. I mean, I think Popovich is one of the more underrated coaches in all of sport, not just basketball. He's been able to do it kind of in relative anonymity in San Antonio. It's the way he likes it. He's not a self-promoter. He'd rather stay out of the spotlight and let all the players take the credit. And I think that's one of the reasons that everybody loves playing for him. But what have you seen, if anything, in your short time here with Mark Jackson that leads you to believe that this staff that they have uh, here in Golden State can lead this team to where they ultimately want to go, which is the playoffs, be a consistent playoff team? I think how much he cares about 
each individual player. It's not just about how can we win games. You know, today he was, you know, asking, you know, again, this is my first time being around Mark as a coach, and he just raises his hand like, hey, how many of you guys have kids? He's like, hey, how many of you? And, again, I hope he doesn't get mad if I say this. But like, how many of you guys have kids? How many of you guys uh, have kids that go to school? So how many of you guys have kids um, that, you know, that are here that you – he's like, well, do you get an opportunity to take your kids to school? He's like, oh, no, I got practice. He's like, well, listen, I'm the kind of guy that, hey, if you want to take your kids to school one day, give me a call. Tell me you're going to be late. Take your kids to school. I meant that that's the stuff that I miss, you know, being up here. I don't get a chance to take my kid to school, and that's the type of stuff that um, I think we take for granted. So, hey, if you want to take your kid to school, and this is what he's just saying before a film session after a loss. Now, this is the type of guy that you want to play for. This is the kind of guy that you want to, you know, do that extra work for. Now, he's, he's strong. He's stern. He's a great leader. But he also has the ability to connect with people on a personal level. And I think that's similar to what Greg Popovich does. Well, you know, I, I think I didn't know Mark at all until he came here, Richard. And, of course, Tom knows him real well. And he just seems like such a delightful guy. It's almost like a philosopher prince, you know, type of deal. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are drawing some comparisons with Singletary, which uh, is really apples and oranges. My only concern is that is he's been, you know, he hasn't been given a lot of, a lot of good pieces to win with, and he's going to be. Well, let me. I don't. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I think, you know, I think Steph getting healthy um, is going to be a big part of it. Uh, and if he does, if he does healthy, get healthy, I'm really worried about Steph. Well, but but you know you can't you know you can't play games with worrying and you know we we can't and that's another thing he doesn't feel sorry for himself he doesn't complain he's not out there you know trying to force Steph out on the court so he can get games he's not forcing Andrew out on the court you know he wants these guys to get healthy and I think if you look at David Lee Andrew Bogut and myself you got you look at what Clay Thompson has done at the two guard spot and you look at Stephen Curry what he what he has his ability at the point guard spot. So I think just that starting five right there, if you get if you get the guys healthy, you get a training camp, and then you bring in some extra pieces, I think you have a pretty good team. You have, you have a oh, I think you're right if you, yeah, if you get them healthy. You have a much more competitive team than they've probably been in the last few years. Losing Monte was tough. You know, he's one of the best scorers in the entire NBA. Um, and I've been there where you know I was averaging 23 points and had a career year and got traded from Jersey. And so, you know, you know, you wish him the best, but ultimately, you know, you have to figure out a way to, to try and, and keep the fans and, and move on in a transitional period. Even though you're winning in San Antonio, which is ultimately everybody wants to win, everybody wants to have a shot at that ring, was it fun for you playing, being asked to do something where maybe you thought or you knew you could contribute more, you just weren't being asked to do more? Um, it was fun for me because I was around such professionals. Mm-hmm. You know, Manu, Tim, Tony, uh, Antonio McDice. Again, only two seasons with him, but he was one of my favorite teammates I've ever had. Uh, Greg Popovich. Just seeing how their entire organization is run. Um, it, it, it was it was it was a great experience for me, and uh, I believe that you know God puts you where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. So to go there to a veteran, veteran team and play with, with such great guys and, and everyone worked extremely hard. Um, and now I have an opportunity to come to a, a younger team and, you know, and to give them a little bit of that knowledge of how this team won. You know, because I didn't even know how they'd won 
you know, been to the playoffs for 15 straight years. You know, like, yeah, I went six straight years in New Jersey, but, you know, 15 years, that's <laughs> impressive. Yeah, and, and that's, and that's you know, they had injuries, they've had different things, but they found a way to be consistent, and it's their work ethic. It's their consistency with how they handle each other. It's their professionalism. You know, if they lose a game, it's a quiet bus ride. It's a quiet plane ride because guys are upset, guys are pissed off, but it's also a respect for the game. You know, they understand that, hey, you know, we didn't do what we were supposed to do. Now it's not like they're depressed, but it's more of, hey, winning is what's fun. You know, if we win, we have a good time. We lose, we're, you know, we're ready, we're ready to get back to work again. Would you like to coach, Richard? You know what? No, I would not like to coach. <laughs> no, I would not. I, you know, coaching, I, I would like to advise. I would like to advise. Uh, I would like to. I would like to to show up and be around the game. I haven't really figured out what I want to do. Um, you know, personally, you know, basketball players and any professional athlete. Part of the reason why we got to this point is because uh, we had no plan B. You know, and I think if you know if if you have a plan B trying to get here, you'll never make it. But you know, if you have a plan B towards the end of your career, like, hey, I'm looking to do this, you should always keep your options open. But I'm kind of focused in on, on still trying to become the best player I can be. So, you know, I, I don't look, you know, at coaching or any of that stuff too much. So what's it like rolling into Tucson, maybe it'd be summer, off season, whatever, and you look up and there it is, the Richard Jefferson Gymnasium. Uh, you know, you have a again, damn gym named after you. How'd you do that? Isn't that cool, Tom? Uh, I don't cool? know. I wouldn't know. Why don't you go there, man? You haven't been at any of the functions, man. I haven't seen you in a couple years until I get traded up here, Tom. That's I, not cool, man. You know, you're right. I need to make it. But usually what happens is they have, uh, you know, kids football or kids basketball or kids baseball that's going on during those things. But I told Sean next time there's one there, I will, uh, I'm 97.2% I'll be there on that one. All right. All right. Well, you know what? It's just a blessing, you know, to have the opportunity to give back. Um, they came, like, like I said, they came to me with, you know, they're like, hey, you know, Coach Olson was towards the end of his situation. You know, they had the naming rights to the gym. You know, it was going to be a basketball facility. They really, you know, and there was a lot of guys. They're thinking about Arizona. I just saw, I think it was Wall Street Journal, did a thing uh, since, I think, 88 or 89. And Arizona was third. It was North Carolina, Duke, and Arizona were the top three grocers um, for salaries in the NBA. And there was only a difference of, I think, like $30 million between the three schools. And, you know, the school has done so much for us. Coach Olsen has done so much for us. So to kind of continue that tradition of not only – The money you guys were getting. <laughs> to give back to the school, it was just a great opportunity. This guy still doesn't believe me. I told him I got not one nickel when I was at Arizona. Tell me he was scrounge, scrounging for I, quarters I, under I the bed, Richard. Listen, I, try, I try and tell people the same thing. I got absolutely nothing. And you know what? When you're in that environment as a kid, you're having so much fun at that school. You're playing in front of sold-out crowds. You know, the, there's beautiful women. There's beautiful weather. Every, you know, it's just a great environment that you don't really like. It's not, you always want something. But it wasn't like you were searching it out, and we didn't get anything. I try to tell guys there's no way you can have that much success over a 25-year period and be crooked and dirty. Uh, you know, there's some college coaches, you know, some that are even in the Final Four right now that have had to skip town a couple of times because <laughs> the heat got on them. 
You know, let, let's just be honest. Hey, real quick, before I let you run, what, what hurt more, losing in the finals in the NBA or losing in the finals in college? Um, the NCAA one hurt the most because I hated Duke before we lost to him. Yeah. Um, and then I would even go one more. I would even go one more above the the NBA was losing uh, in the semis in the in the Olympics. Um, yeah. I think those those were the two toughest losses for me that I don't think ever fully go away. NBA is different because you have so many opportunities. You know, you can play, you can have different roles. Like you can, you know, you can try and get a championship in your 17th year. You know, you look at Jay Kidd. You know, I think he was in his 16th year when he got his championship, and now his resume is complete. You know, the NCAA, you only got three or four opportunities. You know, some of these kids got one or two. And then, obviously, the Olympics. You know, I think we had a very, very tough situation. Um, you know, my first year to qualify for the Olympics, we beat Argentina by 40 points in the, in the, in the championship. Fast forward to the very next summer, they have the same team, same coaches, you know, they have that continuity that they've been playing together, and we change nine guys off of our 12-man roster and then give us two weeks to go practice, and then we were able to go out there and, and, and try and do our best. And that's when we ended up losing to Argentina that had Nocioni, Umberto, Scola, uh, Manu Ginobili. So all these guys, you know, are, are legit NBA players, but they've been playing together for, you know, 10-plus years, and we were pretty much thrown together. Uh, that 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 was a tough loss because we got a lot of heat and people made it seem like we didn't care when we had guys like Tim Duncan on our team who was you know such a professional um, and we just had a lot of different guys that were put together and you know we were the ones that got all the criticism. That's okay. Don't take me back to that Duke game you guys lost because Jay Williams fouled out seven times in that first half. They just only gave him uh, two fouls. Like listen, they never like, <laughs> and that was one of those things that it was. You give you give them credit. They hit their shots. They did the things that they needed to do to get the win. But yeah, we there was a, there were just a lot of things that people like you know Luke Walton having the broken thumb, Gilbert being a little beat up. But that's part of the job. That's part of it. if you want to win a national championship, you got to get there and you got to handle business and you can't worry about any other thing. And you, it all everything almost has to come together perfectly for that to happen. And we were probably we were forty minutes away from that actually happening. Yeah. Hey, Richard, we appreciate the time. Don't be a stranger. Thanks for uh, being on, we'll do it again soon, man. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, Richard, take, take it easy, man. Richard Jefferson, Golden State Warriors.